Hey, 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 welcome back, guys. We got another great episode of The Strange Road. I'm your host, Mikey. As always, uh, Bub the Bro Host. What's happening, Bub? <laughs> What's happening? How are you? You good? Yeah, yeah. All right, tonight, rock. tonight we got Stoner the Loner in Master Control. Yeah. Uh, Stoner, what's happening in there, buddy? Hey, he's lonely, but Lord he's knows. He, you don't have any remote control cars in there tonight, do you? <laughs> I love it. He's always got something cooking in there. There you go, guys. You guys can find us at The Strange Road on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Check out the Facebook group. Uh, don't forget about The Strange Road merch portal. Don't uh, sleep on that. Don't sleep on that. Go get yourself a hoodie, we T-shirt. Got some, we got some more uh, things cooking, mugs. too. Yeah, we got a couple new designs coming out, so yeah. uh, keep an eye on all that. We'll we'll post. It'll be all over the place. Yep. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, if you guys are listening, please keep writing those reviews. It's really, really helping out the show. We appreciate those. Uh, Thank if you're you. watching here in YouTube, make sure you hit that like button. Yep. Uh, share it with your friends and hit that notification bell so you know when all the streams and premieres are happening, anytime we release something. You're informed. So let's jump in tonight. Gotcha. I'm ready. We've already had a What about that? Great do you need pre- to do that one? Oh, yeah. This is in my hand. Let's do let's that. You're holding it. it. <laughs> You're going to go, where's my glasses? And I'm going to say on your face. Uh, well, guys, we <laughs> are going to be at the Frogman Fest. We've been talking about it. Yeah. We've been posting about it. Uh, come come hang out. If come get weird. If you're in the Central Ohio area or anywhere close or even right? want to take a flight to go to Frogman Fest, it'll be worth it. I'll tell you, last, um, last year was great. Last year was great. I was hook, good. line, and sinker. I loved all the presentations. I, I, yep. I thought it was really well done. And I think Jeff that was Craig pretty wide shared sentiment it. because everybody was still packed in there yep. till the last speaker of I the la- you know last hour. Like really good job. So if you're going yep. to it, enjoy. Uh, hope, hopefully you get to see all the speakers and presenters you want and uh, check out all the uh, merch booths out there. Yeah, that's well. how we met James Willis. That's how we met uh, yep. Tobias. That's how we met B Mills. Yeah, um, you know Great Jeff people. Craig. We met yep. at Cryptid Con, and then we talked to him. He said, "Hey, I got this festival coming up. You guys should come <laughs> help out." So yeah. great. Jeff's uh, map in black. He makes these amazing uh, guides to paranormal all over Ohio, the U.S. Yeah. Uh, kind of like stop off points, points of interest. Go yeah. check this out. But Cry the, baby, the bridge weird here. Ohio map is yeah. is what you want to check out. Yeah. Um, but uh, we have one, right? Yes, we do. Yeah. yeah. Remember when you pulled it out? I unfolded it on unfolded the it and it You're was like, so don't, don't, loud. Bub. And I'm like, dude, that was on like episode one back in the studio. Yeah. So I forgive you. Oh, well, well, guys, let's hop it. right into it. Let's bring in our guest tonight. Please welcome researcher, documentarian, and world traveler with a focus on exploring ancient sites and breaking through the mainstream narrative of the history of human beings on this planet. Please welcome Michael Collins from Wandering Wolf Productions. Michael, how the heck are you? Welcome to the Strange Road, man. What's up, guys? Doing really good. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Awesome, awesome. For sure. Yeah, I love what you're doing, man. Love your channels. Love everything, you know, what you're creating. Um, we watched uh, today, I recently just watched one of your latest videos, which we'll we'll get into that, which is something I had never heard of, the the cart tracks in, in Texas. Oh. Um, so, uh, yeah. yeah, very, very interesting. But we'll talk about that. Um, I wanted to kind of give you the floor. Tell us a little bit about yourself and Wandering Wolf Productions and kind of how you got into all this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I focus on traveling to, I mean, I do a little bit of everything. I hit all the major sites. I try to focus on stuff maybe that people are not aware of as well. And um, kind of started out 
working um, in sales for, I don't know, almost uh, 15 years and was just pretty miserable with the routine and the job and the work. And uh, really, at a certain point, just had enough. And um, I quit that job and really was just going to take a year off to try to recalibrate. And I started traveling. And the first place I went to was Peru. And I I think the first site that I went to was Saxe Lamont. Whoa. And I walked up on that and it just, I'd been into this stuff for probably just as long as I had been in the job that I hated. And uh, yeah, as soon as I went to that site, I just knew that this is what I wanted to do. My buddy had, uh, I traveled with an old army buddy and we used to do these hikes and he'd carry a GoPro around with them and record those. And I was like, I can do that. And so that's what I tried to do. Now, if you go back and watch those uh, those uh, videos that I first put out, they're they're pretty bad. Uh, so I feel like we've come a long way, but that really got the uh, the journey started. I started traveling through that whole year, and um, you know, after about a year or so, I was like, I better figure out a way to kind of turn this into something that I can keep doing. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I don't want to go back to work, and that's just kind of how I went. Um, you know, dove head first into. Uh, creating Wandering Wolf Productions um, and doing all this uh, traveling and different stuff. So, yeah. It's really cool. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah. And to your point of, you know, yeah, you look back on it, you're like, man, that was the first episode. That wasn't that great or whatever. You know, hey, you got to start somewhere. You know how I many people just yeah. sit there and go, I'll do this, I'll do that. It's like, you keep saying it, but doing it and, and talking about it are two different things. So yeah. kudos, man. You got to get the ball rolling sometime and... Mm-hmm. You look back, go see the growth, you know, hopefully all the time as you Absolutely. keep looking back. So. But if you do want to get a laugh, go watch one of my oldest videos. <laughs> I do these intros back then. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm, I'm Mike. And <laughs> today, and I. <laughs> right. You don't know how to be. Good. You don't We're know how to way act. more relaxed now. <laughs> What's that? Oh, no. I, I said you just don't know how to be. You don't know how to act. You don't know how to, where to yeah. put your hands. You're, it's a different vibe. You're loose, yeah. Yeah. you know. It's a different vibe. Uh, our first episodes were, are probably terrible. <laughs> they're not great. I don't think they're great. I don't know. They I might know. be okay. Yeah. Who knows? I know it, I know. was scared. I remember that. Yeah. It was like, wow. I'm but like you said, you just you keep going, keep yeah. plugging away, and uh, you'll get to where you want to be. Take, take some constructive criticism here and there. Yeah. You know, we give each other feedback, and Kyle gives us feedback, and Matt, when he's here, gives us feedback, and all kinds of, you know, whoever. And they'll say, hey, maybe, you know, and... I'm critical of myself too. So you try to hopefully well, my goal in these episodes is to maximize your input. We want to hear from what you're doing, your interest, your ideas more or less. So I try not to railroad it. So if I'm doing that, you let me know and I'll <laughs> overturn the floor again. But yeah, well, I will say if, if you need criticism, the internet's a great place for that. So, oh, yeah. I get tons of it. Yeah. 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 Especially what you're doing. <laughs> I, I know, uh, you know, Will's already gotten in some interesting Twitter battles. Not not necessarily battles, but people, you know, like Will Fer- with the Will Chinese Farley characters, one. the Chinese language. Hey, you don't say that. Yeah, exactly. Like that. Yeah. You're not yeah. allowed to say it. That's what it feels like. Anytime someone's like, hey, we dug this up and this is really cool. They're like, no, you didn't find it. Like, no, I did. Right. I did. Right. Like, it's right here. I don't know what to say. Like... We just, anytime I think you're doing something outside the established narrative that's been created or that we all grew up with or anything like right. that, you're going to get pushed back and, you know, all kinds of stuff. So you just keep wading through that and ignore all that. Um, 
you know, I've had a pretty interesting life and um, I'm not too bothered by what people say about me. That doesn't define my own opinion of myself. So right. uh, I'm pretty good at letting that stuff just, I usually just don't even respond to stuff or bait, Yeah, but, uh, but it is there and it comes with the territory. Sure. So. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> I think it's just interesting to, to even what we were talking about before we got rolling with this of kind of, you know, there are certain things that might have been, you know, almost founded in fault from the start to where it's like, if you think about history, hopefully they didn't skew it so much from the beginning that we really don't know. Did we jump from here or did we actually start here and it kind of got muddied along and we just really won't reevaluate or what? That's what my concern is like, where are we actually? Do we actually know from A to it's Z? It's sure starting to look like somebody messed with, with history and yeah. and. and- dates and uh historical events and attributing things to people um even entire um people or personas being false that um wow you know but um yeah which is why i think it's so important for um individuals to go out and document things for themselves um instead of relying on you know someone with letters behind their name to to come in and and uh, say that this is what it is. I think we've all experienced too much BS from the established community of experts, right? Right. So um, I'm not really that interested in um, if you're espousing the same narrative that I've heard my entire life. Yeah. You know, coming from uh, some recognized institution or something like that. I don't really care. I'm just, I'm going to go out there and 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 look at it myself and figure it out myself. And I think the cool thing is is that what everybody's starting to realize is that we're all able to contribute in some way. Right. Um, sure. At this point, as we move as we're moving forward um, within society, the the world is becoming more and more connected. So ideas are you know moving quicker and quicker and quicker. Um, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying that that certain fields or whatever don't have their purposes and they're not sure. doing good work, but there are quite a few within certain fields that um, have a very strong interest in shutting down any kind of independent thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's funny how we just keep pushing dates back, keep changing things, keep finding new new things and, and it's like the, every the week now that, though it's every week right the dates get yeah, right back. And we, we find we a cover... structure that's a half a million years old yeah. we find tools that are 500 yeah. to seven hundred thousand years old and like the footprints in stranger and stranger right yeah. right you know um, you got people from you know the comfort of their home finding stuff on google earth yeah and then other people or them themselves going out and <clears throat> looking for those things and finding them which is great right yeah um you know, and thereby contributing to this overall conversation that we're all having and interested in, which is which is really awesome to be to be kind of living in a time where we can do that. Yeah. yeah, I'll tell you what. Now you keep saying that. I was thinking today when I was reading some articles about you know just drone technology and lidar and et cetera, et cetera. And you know, it's hard for us as people to get into some of these places and explore. But can we start? You know having these kind of like drone swarms go down, map Dude, these jungles, you know, and then can we get them in the ocean and can we map the ocean? Yeah. Can we put these drones down in there and give them the AI wherewithal to go out and find all this information? And really, you know, a lot of insight that's been locked away from us just because of where it's located geographically or under the ocean. Like, 
Yeah. You know, I'm not going in that little submarine with the handheld video controller. I'm sorry. Like, mm-hmm. that is not <laughs> well, happening. Like what you just said, that's the future of archaeology. I don't know if you know this, oh, 100%. Michael, where, where you live, but in Ohio, there's very not a lot of archaeology jobs for right. universities. I mean, the closest one, in, uh, I think Jeff said, is in Indiana. Um, you know, there's the Ohio State University. To learn. The Ohio History right. Connection. There's there's right. not that many archaeology. Now, where where it's heading is these <clears throat> remote sensing companies that are archaeologists right. are getting into remote. It's morphing. So Dr. Jared Burks, you know, that's a big business. It's morphing. They won't come out for under 58 grand, bro, Jeez, um, to come out and scan a certain. So point. what are they going to do? They're going to gatekeep it by, by, by uh, resources and capital. Like that's where it's headed. I think. I think. I, it'll, I think it'll be widely dummy. available and disseminated, and drones shortly will have lidar included on them at a consumer base level well, because yeah, it'll be true. disseminated to so all the research. Like you're speaking about, we can do it. Yes. You know why well, not? Your iPhone has it. Well, yeah. There's all quite, you have to yeah, do you is can do stuff like polycam or different stuff when you're out, and you can actually use your phone to lidar sites. Yep. There's so many people That's that why send I say it. Email yeah. on yeah. a regular basis, and they just are sending me pictures from places that they've been hiking for 20 years, but then they started watching videos on ancient sites around the world and they start going, you know, that looks kind of like that. And my encouragement to people would be to, you know, take pictures, send them to someone that you know, and, you know, see if they respond and uh, be your own contributor to the, to part of the discussion and the conversation with everybody involved, Mm -hmm. you know, reach people. I don't know if yeah. we could do something like that. Kyle and I were having a discussion about the Apple, the whole Vision Pro thing. I'm thinking, what if there was a way you could pop that baby on yeah. and you're going hiking and doing this, you know, recons yeah, of, sure. and it's projecting out LiDAR everywhere. <clears throat> Remember and you what could Jeff just, showed us? What? His LiDAR scan with his iPhone. Uh, Jeffrey Wilson. Oh, when he was in the uh, that museum. Lives, yeah, when he yeah. lives next to Serpent Mountain, and he there's always been this story that the 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 cosmic egg is what they call it at Serpent Mountain, the mouth that's kind of eating this big giant egg. And right, right. There's always been this legend of this altar that was in the center of the cosmic egg. Right. That there was a stone structure, or there was a uh, monolith of some kind, and it, it's it's been written about. And and Jeffrey scanned the center of the cosmic egg mm-hmm. and sure enough right there in the, in the depression is the size of the altar that was written about now if you go into the woods th- this there's a bunch of stones that are just kind of hanging out off the side of the cliff now did somebody take those stones and just throw them off why would who would do that you know it's just like the power of lidar on his iphone it oh yeah, is, yeah. is confirming yeah. that there was something app. there. Sure, isn't that isn't that wild to just have that much at your finger? You know, when I started, like I mentioned earlier, I started with the a GoPro. I, I don't even use, you know I used to carry around all this equipment, a whole Pelican case full of like right. major camera and all this different gear and tripods and stuff, and I and lavaliers and 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 microphones and stuff. All I do now is just take an iPhone. I just I just take my iPhone and that's in a drone. Yeah. And, wow. Um, it, 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 I mean, it's uh, pretty much works shot just mock, as man. well. Yeah. Makes me think yeah. of, you know, old tech of, you know, when we used to get speakers and entertainment systems, they were huge. You know, the speakers were like eight feet tall and you had a huge receiver. And, yeah, you know, now yeah. it's a sound bar and it's a subwoofer here or a couple speakers, excuse me, but it's a Bluetooth and everything. 
has evolved so rapidly, but even the even the 360 cameras, have you ever used any of those? I as far as I know, I'm the only one doing 360 VR of nice. ancient sites. Not so bad. every site for the last five to six years yeah. that we've visited, we've <clears> done 360 in VR. So I have a lot up. And we probably have well over a hundred other videos of ancient sites done in VR and 360. That's awesome. I don't know if anybody else is doing that. Um, If if they are, that's awesome. But I'm trying to document every site that we go to um, in VR and and 360. So you can take a virtual walk through a lot of different ancient sites over on my channel if you want. Um, Because I think eventually that's going to be something that gets really big. Um, being able to just feel like you're walking the site for your, for yourself. Oh, uh, absolutely. Pretty cool. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I've just, I've done a couple of them, you know, just even on YouTube and stuff to be able to kind of take that in and, you know, get that experience. I haven't put it through a VR, but I can imagine just, it's a good sensory, you know, engrossing experience that, you know, people yeah. lose I themselves. in a a little time for everybody to get familiar with it because i get a lot of pushback they're like the quality is horrible i'm like you gotta set your settings to it's all in 4k right so change your settings and then people are like it's just a shot of the ground it's like put your mouse on the video and you can move it around where you want right right right. yep struck the audience but as people are learning that they can actually interact with the videos on my channel the 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 involvement and and everything is we're watching that grow, which is really cool. So like we got just put one out of the, I think our last one we put out was the Easter Island quarry Dude. and uh, the Moai. So you can walk all through the, the, the giant Moai statues and the quarry and everything out there in 360 VR. That's insane. Guys, go check that out. How I, we're going to have to talk about YouTube. that because Easter yeah, Island is a trek. Cool. I would like to make at some point. How is that? How is that round trip? Just getting there, you know, the state, like just not even beyond seeing all the craziness. What's it like just to get there? Sometimes, you know, it's like, Hey, I'd like to do that. And you realize, do I really want to fly 20 hours straight or whatever it is to, (laughs) you know, so how, how is it to make it there actually? Uh, you know, it wasn't bad. Um, but I, that was a flight that I sprung for business class on and, um, understandable. you know, when you're taking 10 hour flights, um, I've gotten to the point now I used to go as cheap as I could and, and don't get me wrong. Sometimes I still, um, sure. Depends on these trips. Like, you know, the tickets to Peru, it's like 300 bucks right now. So, right. but when you're doing 10 hours plus, yeah, a lot of times I'll spring for that. Otherwise I'm old enough now that, you know, I'm in my mid forties. I, mm-hmm. I, I'll be hurting for several <laughs> days. If I'm, right. If I'm, and I'm I'm six three, like two hundred and thirty pounds. Yeah, so fitting you need in some like space. a section. Yeah. yeah, it's it'll it'll beat me up for several days. My right. recommendation would be to fly into Chile and um, uh, hang out in Chile for a day or two, oh, and then that gives yourself a break, and then fly over to Easter Island if you want. You can do the whole thing, uh, line it up to where you can go straight out there. But once you get there, you very much feel just how isolated. The, the space is it is the most isolated inhabited uh place on earth um and i believe i'm correct about that and i think the closest place is chile at like i if if i remember correctly something like 2500 miles or something wow and um they don't have a natural port so there's no when when supply ships pull up they have to 
you know, drop anchor off the off the island and then shuttle things boat one boat at a time over wow. on. So they don't have things like, you know, there wasn't there wasn't like milk. There wasn't um, things that'll go bad um, that they can, you know, that they have there on the island. But and they just got Starlink, so they just got internet. Uh, like five or six months before. Wow. I got there, which is really interesting because the, um, our, our, one of our, our hosts was telling us how the downtown, the city center used to be really busy at night with the bars and little restaurants there. And it's kind of been dead because everybody's just in their home now watching Netflix. Uh, It's like modern conveniences come with all these cons too. Yeah, sure. Well, hopefully it wears off on them, you know, and they get back to a balance. But how many, what's the population like on the island? Uh, If I remember correctly, I think it's somewhere around 6,000. Wow. Um, Something like that. Yeah, we could, we had, I had a. It's quite a few people. My cousin Austin and I travel a lot together and we went out there and we had four wheelers and we could go across the island in 30, 40 minutes. I was about to say, Oh wow. You're talking fairly small with not a sizable populace, 6,000 on an island that big. Yeah. There's just this one city and for some reason I can't remember the name of the town right now. No problem. Um, but it's 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 a really cool area. Um, it, it's it's really amazing. There's sites everywhere. Um, I will tell you that if if you're thinking about going, you need, need to realize you have to pay um, daily fees for your. You can't go into probably ninety percent of the sites without a guide, mm. and the guides can cost you know one hundred and fifty plus dollars um, per day. Gotcha. Wow. So it can get pretty expensive if and you want to see. Everything. If you had okay. a group of people, is it one fifty for the whole group? No, that's per person. Oh wow, okay. Hey man, you're yeah. on an island so, where you're in I the middle it. of nowhere. You gotta but you know what? <laughs> you gotta make a living. <laughs> it's worth it. I I yeah, pay probably it. whatever they wanted to yeah. go see some of that stuff. Let me ask right. you, Michael. Uh yeah. I'm curious just why nobody ever thought about digging down into the ground to see what was underneath and up until really recently. The Moai? They pulled all the dirt around a couple of the Moai and were yeah. like, wow, these things are like They're three tall. times as big as yeah. what they have whole bodies. Yeah. And um, are they removing more of those? Uh, what kind of excavations are they doing right now? I didn't see any um, major excavations anywhere that I went out there. And I know that they have um, dug down on, on one or two of them or a few. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's, I think we're moving into this age of, um, you know, for example, I, you know, I've lived here, I grew up here in Austin and you guys had mentioned before when we were talking, when we first connected about the cart ruts, um, that are here in Austin that I just checked out with, uh, brothers of the serpent. Um, and we did a video, those have been here. I, we used when I was a kid. We used to go out to where those cart ruts are, you know, causing trouble and drinking and stuff. When I was a teenager, and never paid attention to the cart ruts. I've never come back and visited them. I've been doing this for five or six years now, visiting sites around the world. And I live in Austin, and I've known that they were there, and I haven't gone to see them. There's something about that you kind of get in. I think 
people and society, we get into this mode of just accepting the narrative of like what is happening around us or we just get comfortable or used to things. Right. So um, sometimes it can kind of take a while to kind of inspire uh, action on certain things. Yeah. And um, that's all really starting to change. It feels like, especially over the last what 10, 20 years um, as interest levels have continued to, to increase around um, ancient history, megalithic sites, especially um, the mystery behind all this stuff. So people in, even individually are starting to encourage this type of work. And when the demand gets high enough, then people start taking action. Also, unfortunately, we kind of live in this, not kind of, we're in a very much capitalist world, whether every country is capitalist or not, people operate on making money. So once that there's money to be gained or some kind of extra tourism dollar to be made or something else, then that starts inspiring the work. Right. Um, but you have to generate enough interest in a, in a, in a, sp- in a space for some of that to start happening. And um, sometimes it just takes a little time. I'm, I'm, you know, if it had been up to me and I lived out there and I've been digging around one of those things years ago, if right. I could, but, um, you know, I, I understand also wanting to go slow and, and be careful too. They don't want to damage stuff. They want to be, you know, you don't know exactly when they started digging. If I'm not wrong, we didn't have stuff like LIDAR and different things and ground penetrating radar that would be easily accessible mm-hmm. um, to kind of get a, an understanding of what you might bump into before you start digging. Right. Yeah. Um, so, um, but things seem to be speeding up um, around the world with interest in things as we start to more and more people share their experiences and what they're seeing and, and, and um, which inspires others and, and stuff like that. So hopefully that, that trend continues. Yeah. And it is. Oh I yeah. Mean, when I was getting into this stuff and kind of discovered Eric von Donnegan and Graham oh, yeah. Hancock and David Hatcher Childress. Yeah. And I read all of David Hatcher Childress's books and, and it was kind of like the mystical and the ancient civilizations and all these other kind of shamanic things I was reading about. They all converged. And there really wasn't a lot. A lot of the old school guys were, you know, you read Fingerprints of the Gods, but there wasn't podcasts. Like now, I mean, there's so many researchers, so many people out there doing their own, doing great work that it's just it's exploded to a whole level of ancient civilizations have never been bigger. Um, right. Yeah. But Michael, I wanted to, uh, we actually had that, a clip of your uh, Austin, Texas cart rut. I don't know if you uh, probably should have mentioned this before, but we would love to watch a small clip. I'd love for our guests yeah, to kind of see this because I was blown away. Um, and and if you want to, before we play that video, explain to us what a cart rut is and where others have been found. Um, they've been found all over uh, the world, these cart ruts. And, and they're really yeah. strange. I mean, they're, you know, what looks like some kind of track system. Right. And, and they're all very similar in size and shape, if not exact. Um, you know, I, that's, that's, this is one area I haven't dived quite as much into detail, but I, I'm very familiar with them. They're all over the world. As, as, as far as I remember, they're on, all, on every continent. Um, and, um, we just so happen to have them here in, uh, in, in, in the States. Now, 
you know, I think these are some of the better known ones, Austin and Round Rock, which are right mm-hmm. next to each other. There's two different sites here that have the cart ruts, but they're also um, in other areas of the country as well here in the States. But now these are explained away, at least in, in the States, there's always a, a, a very rational explanation for whatever is found here in the States. Right. And, and so these are, we call them cart ruts because that's what they, you know, they're, they're attributed to wagon wheels making these inventions over time, over and over and over again. Um, and eventually wearing down that stone or whatever. And uh, um, that's what they're called here. Now, you know, if, even if they matched exactly and you go over to Europe and you're talking about the cart ruts that are over there, they obviously have an ancient history, right? Well, you know, everything here in America gets explained as something else other than what it, you know, could be. If you right. took this and you moved it over to, to Europe mm-hmm. or somewhere else, it'd have a very different history behind it. But this, these are in Austin. And, um, um, you know, had a chance to meet up with Brothers of the Serpent and, and go out there and explore it. Had a great day. It was a lot of fun. Nice. Easy to get to, um, even when it's wet at, wet out, as you'll see yeah. in, the, uh, in the video. Yeah, and these are so cool. Now, the, one of the really famous ones are in Malta, the island of Malta, which is yeah. a lost civilization that is perplexing everybody. That's one of my dreams is to go to Malta. Um, absolute f- f- amazing place. But these look exactly like the ones in Malta, which shocked me because right. I had never heard about these Austin, Texas. Uh, but here, let's go ahead and roll that video. This is This is dope. So we're here in Austin at the Bull Creek location for the cart ruts. Here, let me see if I can Damn. get you a better shot. <laughs> see them right away. Right? There we go. Let's wait till you can see these going. Yep. And that's probably the better shot right wow. there. Wow. Yeah. Right through the stone. There's several different tracks yeah. all leading up. Um, Look how they converge just like here a with the brothers of the serpent. Just all Russ natural geological formation, Mike. <laughs> and we're out here exploring. You just don't know your. Uh, we got a little turnaround here to start. So and, just, uh, well, I took everybody in the wrong direction. Now, I grew up here in Austin. And, check those uh, out, bro. This is yeah, the first time I'm out here wild. checking these out. And, That's what they look like in Malta. Is, They're uh, in the bedrock. Cool, pretty sure. Because cool, I've um, walked this they creek bed. Converge. They don't just kind of randomly crisscross. That's wild. Look at this. I was waiting for this shot right here. Great That's stuff, really Michael. Interesting how they crossed right there. Yeah. Into almost a single. No. Right there. Check that out. That's wild. That's good, Stone. I just wanted to give a little glimpse. You guys need to go check this out. Wandering Wolf Productions. I think you put this out like four days ago. So this is a pretty recent video, guys. Uh, go check out his YouTube That's channel. Awesome. Hit that sub button. Yeah. Um, notifications Great on. Channel. Um, as you can see, we are uh, subscribed. We've been subscribed for a while. I've been scoping you out. And um, yeah, just f- feet on the ground out there. Just, hey, this is what it is. Doing the work. Not, you know, not necessarily trying to you know push back on one thing or another just really just trying to show the evidence and, and just sure. right see it for yourself yeah, i don't really have any agenda that i'm trying to yeah. push my you know you know i tell people I, I, I share my opinion in some of my videos but that's i i, I <clears throat> try always try to make sure that i preface that it's my opinion right what i'm really interested in doing is documenting sites in a way that um encourages individual thought from the viewer um 
because I think that we benefit from a variety of thoughts and ideas when it comes to these things all over the world, Mm -hmm. whether you've been there or not. I think everybody should have a voice and an opinion. Um, uh, But I'm not trying to necessarily guide a train of thought, which um, um, I think better, you know, encourages people to maybe even get out and do their own stuff. There's stuff all over America, especially, you know, my audience is mainly from America. So um, there's so much here in the States that I think we're just unaware of. Oh, yeah. That can be visited or checked out and looked at. And um, the more that we do that, hey, man, I because I really feel like North America, there's going to be a huge shift in the ancient history community into North America in, over the coming years because there's just so many things that like are really worth looking at um, a bit more. Uh, things like dolmens and mm-hmm. uh, you know potential megalithic walls and cart ruts and 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 all sorts of stuff like that. I mean, we have pyramids here in the states. There's a there's a uh, there's a a, a an assortment of mounds from where you guys are in Ohio all the way down right. to the coast in Texas and Louisiana. These extensive mound systems. Um, and then all the way out to things like these ancient sites in Florida and stuff that are being discovered. There's a wealth of, uh, of interesting topics to get into beehives on the East coast and, and, and different stuff that are normally found over, um, over in Europe. These are all really fascinating things that I think as we start to document more, it continues to tear down the narrative that a lot of us grew up with. Like I said, I was old enough to kind of um, get a very diluted um, understanding in, of our history uh, here in America growing up in, in the um, school, the public school system. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's yeah. important that we tear that down and, and rebuild. At this point, I think modern science has failed us enough behind a lot of these questions that um, I don't see anything wrong with tearing everything down and starting from scratch. Uh, we take what we do know and use that to kind of maybe build up uh, um, a better understanding of, of what's going on. Right. Yeah. And bureaucracies and it just like everything, it just becomes so bloated and with red tape and to try to get any, you got to have money, pay off this person on the back end or you don't have the right, right. connections to get to the right, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, there's gatekeepers. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty evident that, you know, you got to be somebody that, is is in the know almost to get anything done um but you know well certainly to get any funding or anything right yeah right um for research so you know when when people are being paid to do their work that usually comes with conditions right um so you know i'm, I'm far more apt to connect and share information and ideas with somebody, for example, like my buddy, Will, who's doing very similar work to me and connect with him than I am. Uh, somebody who's been teaching class for 20 years, um, within a school system. But, um, again, not, not, you know, not necessarily take a, uh, you know, a shot at, at, at anyone in particular per se, but I've found that, that a lot of the answers that were kind of 
are really exciting these days aren't coming from that area. Right? I would agree. So, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. kind of a ghost town of, of research here in Ohio. There's not a lot of digging. Right. There's not a lot of, you know, it. we just became, you know, UNESCO World Heritage Sites. Um, you know, six Hopewell Mound Sites yeah. are on that list. And just kind of like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> you know. Um, it's like it's nothing. Yeah. And, you know, our, our history right. organization here in Ohio is run by a private corporation called Ohio History Connection. So already that's a big kind of, uh, you know, it, it's a blockade in a lot of ways because you have young archaeologists like our friend Emily Eldrick, who we've um, shot a cup uh, her presentation and got to know her a little bit. Uh, love to get her on the show. We need to hit Emily up. But she's super passionate about what she does and wants to know what happened. And, you know, if you're in any way kind of looking into it's some reason they give certain people difficulty, like getting your hands on archives, getting your hands on the historical documents or, you know, trying to get permission from them to it's like they own the history. So it's really, really okay. tough to go in and, you know, a lot of them don't dig into the history of themselves. So when you have right. researchers that are trying to find those documents to add on to the story, for whatever reason, they're always met with resistance. Why? Why yeah. can't you just let it be so simple where it's, hey, you want to know things? We have all these archives. Everyone's welcome. But no, it's very much like if it doesn't. Uh, in some way going to benefit them from making a profit, then there's no right. interest in, in pursuing that. So it's it's super frustrating. Um, yeah, you know, and they've done the some good things. Yeah. It, you know, I, I, you know, but, you know, it certainly seems like a lot of it is basically job security um, by, uh, you know, holding on to information and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, you know, I'll say, there's an undeniable huge explosion of interest over the last decade or two in ancient history. And um, I don't think um, I could contribute anywhere near to, to most of that being developed by um, scientists or archaeologists. It's been by individuals who had mm -hmm. questions and went out and and use their own resources to get yep. the paper to places and film things and mm -hmm. document it, show things yep. in a way that would enable everybody to kind of collectively <laughs> raise, their, raise their understanding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, instead of having to pay through, you know, some private institution to go for four years and study under them, costing half hundreds of thousands of dollars or whatever, just to have some letters behind your name to be able to have an opinion on it. You know, the, the Internet and YouTube has done away with that. Um, and uh, the the interest levels that have increased in this subject matter around the world are because of people like yourselves that are bringing this information and interviews with a variety of people out to the public. All these different ideas and thoughts and information. Or it's guys like Will or, you know, I think Graham Hancock could easily be considered kind of one of the pioneers mm -hmm. in this field of really just blowing it up. And there's several other people, you know, that right. have been doing stuff just as long as he has um, that, that have made this interesting and fun for people on a, on a, on a large scale. Mm -hmm. 
but you know, I can't think of, you know, anybody that's done more than, um, individual researchers without private funding or any kind of agenda who just want to go out there and ask questions and, 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 um, follow these ideas to their conclusions. Um, whether things are right or wrong in that area, um, isn't that how you get somewhere through asking questions, <laughs> going through the process, right. failing sometimes, and then trying again, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of, uh, pushback on the, um, from the other side generally is if, if somebody has a theory that they posit that doesn't, that kind of gets proven false. This is it. It's like an aha. And it's like, no, they're doing the work. That's the work that you're supposed to be doing is asking questions. Okay. We, we didn't get it right here. That's not what we thought it was. So you keep, you keep going. You, you know, you, you know, a lot of times it's, uh, you know, I worked in sales and one of the mottos, you know, it was like, you might strike out 99 times before you close that one deal, but that's all you need. Mm-hmm. So if you're not afraid of failing, you'll just get out there, keep feeling, filming, taking pictures. I don't think you're doing anything to dilute uh, history or understanding or some other thing. You're just going through the process. And, you're either helping and, to confirm it or, you know, help deny it. You know, that's all you're doing. You're either adding right. to the case or taking away from it or building well, a different one. But exactly. there's no harm in it. You know, if you no. go out and you go, hey, you no. know what? I went to the pyramids or I went to here in Peru or I went here. And you know what? The way they said it in history, it does line up. Good. We can check that off then. Then we can go to the next thing because there's, I think there's still a number of them that we got to go. I don't what think the that's probably going right. on here, yeah. man. Yeah. I think it looks like machining. It looks like tools were used. It looks like diamond tri- well, it, drill bits. But to what? the other point is we, he said it too, is just theories, right? People right. won't put that flag in the ground and be like, no. You cannot say anything else about this until okay. they die. It's okay. And then once they die, <laughs> right, then right. it's open yeah. to interpretation. Like, what do you think? Like you said. What do you think? Do you think they were? Because it adds on. It well, doesn't take away. If you, something's. You get enough notoriety for something right that gets wrong. adopted as a widely accepted concept. It's really hard to overturn that thought process, you know? Egyptology uh, is a perfect example of that. There you that. go. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't say anything against what's accepted. Of build off of it. Yeah. If it's wrong. That's okay. That doesn't mean you throw your work out. You don't it's get it from the perspective, garbage. though, of like being yeah. the powerful, omniscient, omnipotent. Right. We are the Egyptologists. Don't question they us. They say we know. You're like Judge Dredd do of Egyptology. Know? What do we, oh, any of us know? I mean, it's too far <laughs> back in remote history to be. It's all a theory, too. Like, no it's one theory. can possibly know. You can't say we, we can know. try to know better. We can, you know, to shut down the discourse on it is the dreadful part to me. If you, if I debate you all day and you roundly defeat me in debate, great, awesome. I'll walk away from that and I'll take your information. Mm -hmm. I will adopt your information because you beat me in that debate. I'll go home and stew on it. I'll think about it. That's why I like the discourse of it. But to say, no, we won't talk about it. That's when I go, there's something wrong here when people say we can't talk about things. We can talk about a lot of things, believe me. We can talk about a lot of things. And that Graham Hancock was dangerous for wanting to That's film at Serpent Mound. Wild hyperbole. Wild hyperbole. And, you know, our buddy Jeffrey was, that episode was filmed on his property. What was he going to do? Inspire more people to come see an ancient site? Well, here's right. a perfect example, Michael. Of what you were talking about earlier is... I just don't think they want people to go see him. Well, that's what Michael was saying. With the 90% of the people that are into this didn't get into it from some 
archaeology class or not at all. Some you know mainstream kind of. But I'm also not going there like it's but, a spaceship going to shoot me off into the sky well, if I go into the pyramid. You know, and, that's and, the ancient aliens. Here's you know, what I was getting to. I'm just saying there's a balance. So a perfect ex- example of this is Serpent Mound was never known until Ancient Aliens did an episode on it. It's season one, episode three. Our friend Thomas Johnson I didn't and, and Ross, so you told me and Ross Hamilton and those guys were all on that episode. It's a very famous episode. but And nobody – and also Dr. Bradley Lepper. Yeah. He's Ohio yeah. History Connection, archaeologist, Ohio State University professor. They had him – he was great in the episode. Yeah, they filmed it. Now – Ancient Aliens, whatever you think of it, it has amazing sites that you can learn about. Whether aliens built it or not, that's up to you to figure out. I don't personally believe that. But the show is incredible in terms of exposing people to places like Pumupunku, which I know you've, uh, you know, you know a little bit about in Sacsayhuaman and places that just don't make sense. So what I'm getting at is after he was on Ancient Aliens, Ohio History Connection took a major stance, and that's where this thing with Graham Hancock came up. Right. Because they weren't going to be made to look like fools. Brad Lepper got a lot of guff for being on Ancient Aliens. And so then he, you know, he starts writing for the Columbus Dispatch and trying to disprove and joke and run people into the ground about the giants theories that are here, the legends of giant skeletons and, and starts like, you know, writing a lot of these kind of articles that are going against, uh, you know, this type of thinking. So, um, you know, he was great in that episode and, and, but he got a whole lot of crap for doing it. So from then on, He's not or anybody else that's connected to to those organizations are going to, you know, but my whole thing is it doesn't it adds on to it. Let us decide what it is or what it isn't. You know, I know the majority of my audience, you know, and I I would assume anybody else is in the space um, of topics that we're discussing is uh, I think we're all done um, letting people tell us what to think. Mm-hmm. I'm just not interested in it anymore. So if you're telling me that how I'm supposed to think instead of providing me with information, I have no no interest in, in um, uh, <laughs> really continuing that. I've got better things to do with my time, like uh, traveling around the world to these sites, because right. yeah. I'm going to learn more from that than something, you know, you know, I think... Um, you know, a conversation of somebody trying to change my opinion, I'll find out for myself. So we, you're either contributing to the discussion or, or, or I think you're trying to shut it down. Um, and, um, you know, I think all, all thoughts should be entertained. I'm not sure when this started, this idea that of, uh, of trust the science and doing your own research was bad. Yeah, but I'm not you're not. You're that's, not a. That's apparently, kind of you're not allowed to think modern. unless you went to school and got a doctorate for it. In in, in yeah. a lot of ways, anymore like, like that. I feel you it's know? it. No, it was never as egregious as it yeah. is. 
Right. Or like it, right. you always had kooks in the media. You know, you get labeled a kook or a conspiracy. These are all words that you know the, the media organizations and even the FBI created to dis- discredit people. Right. And that's right. you know that's right. been right. a lot of these terms. You know, they get thrown around to disc- so they've always kind of done that. But when it starts getting into historical things, right? Really, are we really playing this game? You know, attacking Graham Hancock, calling him a racist when he's married to, a, you know, a woman of color. I mean, what are we talking about here? You can't just completely well, it's semantics. To, it's semantics. Well, it's, it's psychological warfare. But, but it's whatever you want to say. It's did they ever attack his ideas? No, they well, won't attack his ideas. I, I know when I generally when I know that that, that somebody's um, wrong about something if i care about them i generally will kind of try to course correct them or share some information that i have but if they're adamant about not you know receiving that information i'm not threatened by somebody that um has an idea outside of my own or whatever right, right? right so right. you know the the level of response by a lot of people especially within the archaeological community to people like graham hancock his ideas and exploring these thoughts is right. pretty Hence, it's pretty severe. Well, yeah. Which, um, you know, if if there wasn't something there worth entertaining, people wouldn't entertain it. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, uh, people aren't as collectively dumb as, you know, these people seem to you're to act like most people are. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of far out thoughts, when, especially when you get into deep into this community about certain stuff. Right. Yeah. And uh, sure. Uh, you know, you can progressively go down a scale of, yeah. <laughs> but, but of back thought to your processes point. that get pretty wild. But yeah. what's the, you know, what's what's the harm in people exploring those ideas and those thought processes? Right. But back to your point you know, earlier, you, you, said, something like, you said like YouTube uh, and all that and the Internet, like leveling the playing field. Now everybody can go out and make a documentary. And if you're really right. good at it and if you put the information together well and you do good research, it's really hard to tell the difference between a approved documentary that has the correct information. And then when you watch someone that you go, this person's doing the same work because they clearly know how to do an archaeological, you know. So it's right. it's to people that are consuming that information and now have found that bastion of it. That's where I think the problem has happened is the powers that be weren't aware that the internet was going to turn into the juggernaut it did yeah. and evolve and morph the way it has and, and disseminate information so widely. Because you used to have to pay to go to Harvard or or UCLA or whatever school to find out that bit of information. And then it went, boop, all on the internet, all at once, anywhere on the world you want it right now. You don't right. have to be in some building somewhere. Maybe now the Vatican still. They got a lot of stuff on lockdown. Oh, yeah, yeah. Walking through the Vatican is wild. Uh, you know, that's one of the craziest places I've ever been. Um, I believe it. It's just, it's this holy place that espouses the, the, the you know, the, the tenets of the Bible. Meanwhile, it has every type of major page, pagan artifact oh, yeah. on display within its walls. It's just wild. Oh, uh, really? Uh, you know, some of the stuff that they, that they've got in there, um, you know, I did not uh, know that giant statues of pine cones, pineal glands yeah. that, you know, basically here, you know, they're telling you like, this is the the doorway. This is the gateway. I might have to go to the Vatican. Uh, I've never been. Oh, so worth it. So worth to. it. Yeah. 
Yeah. But they have like more art there than anywhere well, on yeah. earth. It's crazy. crazy. There's gold and art apparently. And, and obviously in a small you know, area. God, imagine getting down in those vaults and cracking open a couple of boxes, bro. <laughs> And we That's always what I'm have saying. this they have thing. Five miles of bookshelves. Let me ask you this, Michael. This is fun. We always yeah. have a, a. Sometimes we play with our guests. Is would you rather, if you see a portal open up, oh, jump God. into the portal? Would you rather, if a UFO showed up, go on a ride on a UFO, or would you rather take a stroll in the Vatican archives? Vatican archives. Yeah. See, I was real, real close. The spaceship UFO. and the Vatican. I'm still getting them on UFO. Yeah, I know. You're UFO. I feel like they still got to know more than the Vatican archives. Now. Our buddy Joel Thomas said, I'm going in the portal. Not the portal. <laughs> He's a wild dude. Uh, I feel like the portal just did the Philadelphia experiment. You might back. end up like halfway through the floor in the next dimension you <laughs> yeah. pop out of or yeah, something, that, you know? That was my, that's my thought on the portal. I don't know where that's going. Yeah, that's what I thought. Would you get on the UFO, uh, though, and take an intergalactic cruise? I'm going to go with the Vatican because uh, I I, I think the, uh, the wealth of knowledge that exists down there is probably something just absolutely mind-boggling. And you can um, find a portal and how to open a portal probably down there. <laughs> right, right. Find out how to, how to bring the, in the, the chrono, what is, Maybe the UFO has time is, travel technology and you could just go back. Yeah, what's that thing that they had that they had down there? Supposedly the chronovisor? Like, uh, the chronovisor, yeah, where you could look back in time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting um, story. You think that's real? I don't know. It's a very amazing story. Sure. I'm not sure. I want it to be real. I don't know what they've got there. I just know they've got a lot of stuff there. Yeah. A lot of well, stuff. I tell you, this is why I focus on um, the uh, the sites and the megalithic stuff where I can put my hands on things because there's no – when I'm going to these places and documenting this stuff, there's no question about that it exists, first of all. But then the level of like yeah. interconnectivity around the world now that I've been everywhere um, – you know, there's clear established links between um, things, you know, in China to South America to Africa to Europe, um, the same types of like cut marks and fitting together of stones and building styles and, and all sorts of these little intricacies that, that can be found everywhere that, you know, really, you, you know, it's just it's it's so right there in your face that mm-hmm. it, I, for me that's just so exciting. And, yeah. and as far as that question goes, being like right there in the Vatican, being able to like put your hands on the stuff right. and like, um, yeah, the symbol amazing. of the serpent, and you know that's one thing we we love getting into. We have a friend from India that has a whole visited Ohio and went to Serpent Mound and a bunch of earthwork sites. He had no clue there was ancient cultures here in America. He had no idea coming from India and just being around ancient temples daily, you know, where he grew up and realized that, you know, maybe Serpent Mound is, is a yoga temple to Shiva with the seven curls of the serpent and the seven chakras. And so, like you said, th- these things are just all over. I'm sure once you go there, like like Vijay's been doing, is traveling around and and tying all these things together and learning about their ancient Tamil history, which is the oldest language in, in the world, oldest spoken language, and how it's, you know, in ancient times, they were going everywhere, following the sea turtles and and, and new, you know, the, the Vedic astronomy. And so, um, you know, where we all connected, it sure seems like that because there is so much overlap. Can you talk a little bit about um, one a place that maybe 
completely blew your mind where it tied maybe to another place that you'd been before and, and started putting some of this together? Oh, gosh. The similarities are just worldwide in terms of, um, especially when it comes to the buildings, uh, the megalithic structures. Um, you know, from a lot of times, I, I've got a map on my wall here, and I'll look back for reference because i got a pen in every place that I've been, and it helps me kind of keep track because it's hard to remember right. everything. But, um, you know, some of the more kind of out there stuff that I've done for the channel that um, hasn't been documented are like Yangshan Quarry and, and the, you know, the megaliths there and the cut marks that you can find underneath the stone and along the stone being um, completely comparable to, to the types of cut marks that I've seen in Egypt and things like that. Hmm. Um, you know, the... the um, the understanding of the nubs phenomenon, which, you mm -hmm. know, there's a lot of good guys that are really focusing on that type of work. Oh um, yeah. And, and making a, a lot of progress there. Um, those can be found everywhere in the world. So whether it's Egypt or South America, Peru, or. Is there a um, theory on what they were used for, why they're there, what the nubs represent or. I don't know. You know, um, I, I feel like, um, you know, the, I, I've had some, I've seen some of my buddies do some research talking about like uh, perhaps them relating to different types of constellations or maybe there's some type of code or pattern. I've seen people okay. suggest that maybe they're the poor spots from the, the megalith and stuff was concrete and yes. that that was like a poor spot opening, yes. right? That was, but, you know, I, you know, I don't know. It, it's kind of hard because, you know, I go to places like, um, over in Egypt and you'll see the, 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 you know, on each individual block, them in very different spaces, right. Very different places on the blocks. Some of the stuff, some of the nubs will be found like all the way down at the floor level. Um, and, uh, other ones are just like in the middle of the stone or on the side, on the corner. Um, and you know, that's the case at a lot of different sites where you find nubs and that one's a really hard one to, um, you know, I, I don't, have any kind of definitive idea or thought behind that. Um, right. I make sure to document nubs anytime I see them when I'm in an ancient site yeah. for sure. Cause and once I put that out, people just have a field day with that, with those pictures and that information in those videos. And um, mm -hmm. there's, there's, there's a lot of, uh, like I said, buddies of mine that, that really get into that stuff. And that's cool. If I put it out there, they'll, they'll, they'll really go into the, into depth going over it and stuff. I believe uh, it. Yeah. I, I don't know. It. I don't know. Some of the big megaliths in, I know in Peru, especially where, where it does kind of seem like it's a poured mold. So, you know, if you have like a model car, you know, stoner and master control knows all about models. You have these you know, plastic molds. And when you take the pieces apart, you still, you have those nubs left over on the frame that all the pieces come from. And so that's what it made me think of was, you know, where, what, what if these were like poured and these nubs were, were, you know, the molten rock or whatever the heck they were, whatever technology they were using to pour these big, it's almost like they're pouring these giant stones into place. Um, and then them being made of like diorite and just ridiculous hard stone doesn't make any sense with that theory. Right. So, um, now the interesting thing is, 
there's so many sites, and Peru is a great example of so many sites where it does look these 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 megaliths. They look poor, and if you yeah. think about it, because of their location up on some of these mountains and stuff, that would make way more sense mm-hmm. than carting these things and, and moving them up, right. right? But but then at the same time, you you find the quarries of these sites that have that match up um, sometimes with the the stones and things, but so. You know, I like to think that there's a possibility that there was multiple different types of techniques being used for certain types of sites, megalithic sites. Um, you know, because then you go to places like Baalbek or Aswan Quarry, and you can still see where they're carving out these singular pieces mm-hmm. all in one one piece, which means they did know how to move these massive megalithic stones. Um so right. maybe pouring concrete wasn't absolutely necessary, but maybe both were being used. And I think maybe if we break down our understanding of like what type of stones we can generally be found um, that look more poured, like in South America versus places like uh, uh, maybe like in Baalbek and stuff where things are very square and rectangular. And you can you have such a close example of the quarry where these blocks were being cut from. You, even Easter Island, you can see, um, I think my video, or maybe maybe it might be coming out in the next week or two. I think it's out already, but I have a drone video up from the um, the uh, quarry site at uh, um, on Easter Island, and you can see this cool. actual statue is being carved out of the quarry in cool. stone. Wow. Right? So, um, <clears throat> you know, it's, but, but certainly... You know, the idea of building a pyramid like the the pyramids in Egypt, um, if you're able to pour those stones into place, it'd be a lot easier to build a pyramid that way right. than to move these megalithic blocks up onto top of each other. But I have a hard time saying one way or the other, and, and certainly I don't think that one apl- would apply to one one I one theory one versus the other mm-hmm. would apply worldwide right because yeah. there's either way that you go there's examples that disprove the other so it would either have to be a combination of the two you know this understanding of coring these megaliths and then being able to move them yeah uh, or what versus is being able to you know pour some kind of advanced type of concrete right. that yeah. solidifies them i was thinking maybe know, the poured ones were stone. ones that were like done maybe and I don't know by who, but the ones actually being quarried were like a replication of, hey, we've seen this or we've got these certain structures already Trial run. around the globe that then around the globe people are going, oh, well, let's make our we, – we're going to go get stone and cut it and quarry it. And, you know, maybe they're just doing a uh, reflection of what yeah. they're seeing, you know, in a certain way. Well, yeah. Baobac's a good I example mean, of cut stone from the quarry stones. because – the stone of the pregnant woman is the really Massive. famous one that's coming out of the. It's like what a thousand quarry, tons, and they're not even done. And then there's another one that broke, and they're like, "Up, oh, moved on to the next piece." That top picture is Yangshan. These Yangshan has a history behind it. I think Yang the, the history behind Yangshan is that it's you know was created in about 1400, I think, or so. So it's like several hundred years old. Um, going by the established narrative, right? Which um, I'm not so sure that I buy, right? If China has a lot of different things about their ancient history that they've covered up and that they are continuing to cover up. 
And Yangshan has a lot of different features that are exactly the same as Ballback and Aswan when it comes to their quarry, whether it's the the things that look like machining marks um, and, you know, different different um, uh, indicators there at the site that are pretty comparable. And, you know, Ballback always gets the attention as the largest megalith, but Yangshan just absolutely dwarfs hmm. uh, Ballback in terms of size. I am that picture that I was showing, I'm actually in the top picture um, of the Yangshan quarry, but you can barely see me. That's how massive it is compared to the other two. Wow. And, um, you know, uh, there's a lot of different things like, like, you know, around the world that, that I think, um, you know, people are starting to make comparisons to also, I just, um, released another photo of, uh, recently, which would be on my Instagram or Twitter as well of the, um, modern agricultural techniques for vineyards in the canary islands um on their volcanoes and stuff and and cool. the mountainsides there are these which i've done a comparison shot of with um versus the band of holes which is found in peru which um i'll be going i'll be down there in just a week and a half and documenting that site as well to kind of try to uncover because the established narrative around that site is um well first of all they still don't no, there's no like consensus on exactly what that site is, the Band of Holes in Mount Sierpa down in uh, Peru. Um, but it sure as heck looks very similar to the, to the comparison photo that I, I released on my social media comparing the modern ag- agricultural techniques used in the Canary Islands. These, these holes that typically will kind of collect dew um, and, and, and stuff like that. Um, you know, and some of my favorite stuff is comparing these dolmens in America to other dolmens around the world. Which again, I did a have a comparison photo of as 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 well on my social media. These are a lot of fun things to get into um, and uh, try to figure out. It's you know, we've got all these wonderful mysteries around the world that people are starting to try to unravel, and it goes right back to what we were talking about earlier about just asking questions and different stuff. Right, and you're sharing this stuff with other people. You you had a you were sharing something really great there, Bob, about um, buddy from India, I believe you were sharing. Oh, okay, Mike, Mike you were sharing yeah. about buddy that um, that uh, came from India. When other people start having access to these ideas and thoughts and different stuff, it, it sometimes will, you know, somebody else will see it that thinks outside the box from what we're used to, mm-hmm. maybe in our culture. And have so an idea sure. Oh, yeah, that's this. You know, that's so comparable to this, and you never would have thought of it before. Yeah. Well, the outside perspective, Otherwise. yeah, has a different vantage point that they can see it a little bit. It makes me think of that movie Spotlight. Uh, same concept, mm-hmm. you know, the, whatever the town is, nobody can see what's happening. Outsider comes in, he's like, how are you guys not seeing this? Like, what? Yeah. You know, it's like, right. it's 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 almost like plain as day to somebody at that point, too. And especially if you see something contextually, like you're saying, from Baalbek to... Um, I don't know the other site. I can't say that you were uh, Yangshan. There you Aswan. go. There you yeah. go. Um, from seeing them and going, oh, these look carbon copy. Like it looks like the same thing happening. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, how does your brain? I mean, that's what our brains are doing all the time. We're pattern recognition machines. Like we're going to start right, seeing those right. things. So it's tough. They've got to keep that from being disseminated somehow. So. I think that's why we don't hear about things like this. It's why it is the same old, hey, there's the pyramids and there's the Great Wall of China and there's this and there's that. And that's about, 
And really, there's not much else. And China doesn't have any pyramids. There's nothing the new. The pyramid's not there. And the yeah. pyramids aren't up in Alaska. And there's none in Antarctica. And, you know, <laughs> it's the Truman Show. Everything's been found. Just don't worry about it. Right. You know, just sit inside and watch Netflix. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Eat your bugs. Oh, God, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. And, and, you know, even here in Ohio, you, there's what you could absolutely call pyramids. You know, the Miamisburg Mound was encased mm. in limestone. We had uh, the whole giant mound out by yeah. 71 that was dismantled. Right. Was, would have been shining. If you were hiking into that area, you would have seen this thing just beaming for probably a mile away. Yeah, it was. And it right. was enormous. And they Thank took Cahokia. it to, to create the... Um, I seventy one, basically the berms, yeah. uh, the 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 stone that isn't that crazy? It's and they just, so just up. tore the whole. I mean, we had ten thousand mounds here. It seems now a little bit. A it thousand, seems a little bit purposeful maybe. reconstruction. Like, hey, let's just you know, it's like it's like yeah. let's yeah. just get rid of that thing that Grandma gave us that we don't really want to display. You know, we'll put it back in a bedroom or something. But the state of Ohio is like. This mound will still be here. It won't not be here, but it just won't be in the structure it was in. It's still here. But antiquarians, archaeologists (laughs) would just dig them up and they would never rebuild them. No. That happened thousands of times. Yeah. The Hopewell ceremonial structure, you know, there's a a plaque out there. And then you look at the plaque and then you look at a bare field and you look at the plaque and you try to imagine what, what it was might have looked right. like because right. there's nothing yeah. there. Thanks for it's ruining It's literally that. just yeah. a plaque for you to visualize what it used to look like because they literally dug every – and there's probably, oh, I don't know, 50 earthworks yeah. in that one location all gone. That's just one yeah, spot. That's just crazy to me, you know. And, uh, you know, you – you have places like, uh, you know, Cahokia and, um, I got to go to Cahokia last, last year and put some videos out on it. Um, drone videos and, and different stuff, but that whole area is just like a, a, a major city that, 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 the uh, Cahokia was, um, at its height was larger than London mm-hmm. at the same time. Um, and, that's mind blowing. Uh, mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, Absolutely. you know, at, at its level of development, at its peak, at the same period of time, it, it was larger than 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 London uh, was at the same time period. So, you know, this idea that there weren't cultures here capable of amazing works and doing awesome stuff, um, you know, even just back hundreds of years ago is uh, um, false. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I would say, you know, if if archaeology as a profession, as a field of study, really doesn't like to, doesn't like what individual researchers like Graham Hancock and different people are doing, then they need to step up because the, they need to do a better job of sharing this information because this is why people feel like things are being hidden from them. Mm -hmm. So they, they either are being hidden from people because we certainly don't learn about this in school. At least I didn't go coming mm-hmm. up in the public education no. system. No. I certainly did not learn about any of this stuff. So either they're complicit in keeping this information from people or they need to do freaking better. Um, they're slacking and, the, and, and, and they're not, they're, they're not doing 
what they should be doing, which is sharing a lot of this information so that people are aware of. If, if what they say is that they have the truth behind all this stuff, then they need to do a better job of sharing that, right? And because if they don't, then people are going to continue. Um, as long as they don't do that, people are going to continue to go go out and find this stuff for themselves and, and look mm-hmm. into it themselves for themselves. You can't stop that. Well, there's just no jobs in archaeology around here, at least. I don't know about where where you're at, but it's just the opportunities for somebody to want to get into it. There's mm-hmm. there's barriers, and then to then to you know have the professors and people that have been teaching these same Clovis first or you know whatever it is that you know is kind of our set in stone American history, which like we talked about earlier keeps getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. Um, but you know what what's the entry level to have a career in archaeology or history? You know, archaeologists don't dig into archives. They're not doing research on history necessarily. They're trying to find pot shards and evidence and and working with uh, on the ground and, and hopefully doing digs. Not a lot of digs going on in Ohio, I can tell you that right now. Um, the digs that they have done, you know, doing the water line, digging the water line in Serpent Mound when they had that hole when they built the new bathroom, they dug up 150,000 artifacts. None's ever seen the light of day. They've never been researched. They've never been studied. So don't tell me you're doing everything you could possibly do Right. To try to figure out what Ohio's ancient past was. Who were the Hopewell? Not the na- last right. name of some white dude. Adina, last name of a white dude of the Adina mansion in Pretty Chillicothe. Sad. It's really the Hopewell. sad. It's sad. Just listening to you talk about it, it makes, makes me, me want to kind of throw up. It makes me want to throw up. Sad. And I'm sick of it. And I feel like. Oh, I the can, Adina culture. Who are they? The some time. guy that owned a farm named Adina or whatever the it is. Adina you know, Mansion. It's, like, it's stupid. It's so some white stupid. Dude. It's so stupid. It doesn't even sound real. But it is. Right, right. That's what's going on. Like that's all the better we can come up with. The Hopewell. <laughs> that's all we uh, got. Right. There's it's this amazing. magical culture that built these incredible earthworks that were aligned to the stars, unbelievably accurately, geometrically perfect. We have to say that they were oh, not that we, smart. We've talked about this. So that was the calendars. whole thing with the Smithsonian and what? all of that, and the whole manifest destiny of you know if we acknowledge that these people were actually intelligent and had real society and structure. It's just the fact that they weren't living like we were living with horse and buggies and going on, you know, manifest destiny and wanting to build factories and start, you know, ruling the world. They were living in harmony. They were living with a different purpose than we were bringing to them. And so we had to be like, they're just stupid. They don't right, know any right. better. They're savages. Yeah. And we could wipe them off. And then we could just do what we wanted to do. Right. You know, there is one thing. When we change the narrative. You know, the Catholic Church, I've said this before, is one of the most, you know, is one of the worst destroyers of history. You know, they've mm-hmm. everywhere that they've come in, in North and South America, you know, they've, they've come in. People have conquered. The Catholic Church is set up, usually building their churches on top of oh, yeah. ancient sites. Right. You take the kids away from their families. You force them to everybody to dress something uh, a certain way. You take the kids away from their families. You give them angelicized names. You put them in school and teach them a different history and understanding of who they are within, well, you know, maybe one to two generations. Yep. They've, they've lost completely it. forgotten yep. their culture. Yep. Yep. And, and so don't tell me that there isn't and hasn't been 
a concerted effort to rewrite the narrative of history because that is absolutely false. Right. And, and to say that we shouldn't be, that individuals shouldn't be going out here and gathering information and, and doing stuff as so often is the case from, um, you know, mainstream, uh, archeology span or science. Um, it's just ridiculous. Uh, uh, because there's plenty to get into and uncover. And it's like you said, if, if, you know, they were doing the work, people would understand some of this better, but, right. but we don't. So we're happy to get the information and follow these trails of breadcrumbs that that others are leading us with, whether it's Graham Hancock or somebody else yeah. in the field of, of study, um, people who are putting their money where their mouth is and doing the work themselves, um, reaching out of their own pocket, guys like Will, guys like, right. um, you, know, um, you know, again with Graham, who for decades has been going out and documenting these places um, and gathering information and evidence and actually positing things. People want to hear it. And, um, and uh, like I said, there's plenty, plenty to unravel. There's plenty to point to where, where history has been covered up by organized institutions that have a vested, vested interest in, in hiding true history. So, um, That's what I know, don't get. What is the benefit of hiding all of this from us? I just really whoever I mean, controls the past controls, controls the future. The narrative. But how is it going to hurt us if we understood that there it's was not even ancient, it's super not ancient, even, advanced civilization? Might not even be about that. It just might and, be about control. And we find out Atlantis was an I, actual. Place I feel like for, it's control. Yeah. yeah, I know people who Troll. care nothing about any of yeah. this stuff. They care nothing about the fact that there's hundreds of billions of stars and planets and what. They don't care about that at all. They care about here and now. Like mm-hmm. there are people that give a flying rat's ass about stuff like mm-hmm. this. They don't care. Yeah, to them it doesn't matter. Which to me really concerns me. That's what yeah. I'm like. What do you think you're living in then right now? You, you again, I say it all the time anymore because it's just such a trope that's so easy to throw out as Plato's cave. Like you just people think they're aware and they're really, you know, paying attention. Puppets. I'm watching the news Shadow or this, puppets. and really you're still in the cave. You're, you're, yeah, you're getting the puppet yeah. show and you don't realize that you're being kind of like guided. And maybe I am too, and I'm not saying I'm not, but you know. At the same time, I'm, I'm very happy to say again, if you present me something stronger than what I think or feel or have as opinions or facts, I will change how I feel about that instantly right. because, like, well, oh, well, you showed me the information. I'll change my mind. That's how it works. Right. Yeah. And, but, and you know, if, if you're tracking down something true or good or whatever, you know, it'll stick up to the criticism. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, uh, yeah. You know, there's a, you know, I, I, that's why, you know, for me, as far as my work, I feel like it's just so important to document all of this and share it. Um, right. And, you know, it just by putting it out there, it generates conversation and thoughts. Absolutely. Um, and ideas. So a lot of the videos that I do, I have plenty of videos where I'm talking and sharing, but um, I have plenty of videos that are just straight walkthrough videos yeah. sites. Those are so great. There's no voice or anything. It's just straight. Now. It's not a great business model for like, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> growing the channel or, um, you know, uh, but because those, those videos tend to get ripped quite a bit. Um, yeah. 
on, on YouTube, I'll, I'll be watching other videos and just seeing other content creators using my, my footage, which is oh, fine. Right. But it's really easy to rip those videos, the walking videos and drone videos. Cause there's, they're, they're just straight shots, but mm-hmm. it does give the viewer the opportunity to kind of walk through the site themselves and see everything without somebody telling them what to think. And if they want that experience and I'll put out another video where I am talking in the video. So if you like hearing, you know, my thoughts and pointing things out and giving, you know, pointing out cuts or nubs instead of sure. just the camera going in on it, then I have those videos out as well. But I do like to drop the walkthrough videos so people can just kind of enjoy it for themselves without any, any, um, anybody kind of, you know, telling them anything, but I have both, but, but yeah. putting that stuff out, letting people kind of have that spark of imagination, hopefully yeah. be generating this is, oh, is yeah. really cool. And they got super chill ambient music. Yeah. <laughs> Michael, the music channel. That's cool too, man. The Wandering Wolf Chill. Uh, yeah. I like that. I uh, I thought, you know, if there's people out there like me that are just like working away on their computer and doing stuff at all hours, why not just go ahead and put something out that's maybe appeals to the ancient history crowd? So I started the Wandering Wolf Chill channel. And I think I only have like um, seven uh, videos up right now or so, but uh, they're all an hour long and you can play the playlist and just chill out to some some, some cool uh, chill music while you're doing whatever you're doing. It's awesome. And put it on in the background. We okay. just started that, I think, maybe a month ago, me and my yeah, buddy Rob. It looks fresh. And uh, so, yeah, get, you know. Head over there and give us uh, give us sub and support. I think we're sure. only at like subscribers <laughs> right now, but I just started. So yeah, man, it's yeah. super cool. So who's making the music? Well, uh, the music we're pulling from uh, Epidemic uh, Sounds licensing cool. agreement I have with for for, for music, um, and my buddy uh, he's a DJ and he kind of mixes that together. Sweet, and then he's been doing the. Um, the the art generation backgrounds so we try to put it the little wolf guy in an ancient site somewhere on each video which is which is neat that's so awesome i love (laughs) listening to ambient chill music when i'm working i have a a couple playlists go-to playlists and artists uh where i can just zone out so yeah that's good stuff man um yeah, I mean, this has been an awesome conversation. You know, once again, I'm always surprised. I never, we never want try to dig too deep into our guests. We we like to be surprised and and kind of, uh, you know, there's a, a couple things that I've, I know you you've worked with the, uh, have been out to the Montana megaliths, and that's a really kind of fiery topic right now online. Um, but I wanted to kind of touch base with you on that because we haven't been there, but we were turned on to it a few years back by our friend Bill Homan. He's the steward of the Mitchell hedges crystal skull um i don't know if you've ever come in contact with bill but he was telling us about the montana megaliths years ago and he had went up there and camped with some uh, elders and i was like man these things are weird this is an interesting place it's got vibes uh so yeah. and i know will had brought a geologist out there who was kind of telling him you know naturally you, you could kind of see some how rocks fall away that maybe it, so i don't know what do you what do you think Montana megaliths, we have a little bit of time. I just got to know. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, Montana really kind of, I did one video that really took off and kind of blew the channel up. Mm-hmm. 
and it was uh, on Sage Wall, and I put out some stuff uh, since then. Um, you know, I focused most of my work up there on the Sage Wall. There's a, uh, um, but there's a lot of different sites up there. Um, I just feel like, you know, I've looked at the other sites and stuff, and I felt like Sage Wall was the one that um, could re- that I, I could really dig into. Plus, I've developed a great relationship with the property owner, uh, Chris and Linda. They're they're amazing, and so we've been doing. Um, some work out there documenting myself. Um, and then, um, he, he had a geophysicist come out. I've released a lot of those findings and, uh, one of my latest videos, which is called the story of the sage wall. That one breaks down a lot of the stuff that's going on out there. Um, a lot of the different things that we found around the wall, the, um, ground penetrating radar results, um, finding a base, a reflector. It's, it's reflecting off something there like a base. And so we break that down in the video. Um, a lot of interest with um, the Rio Tinto Mining Group, which is a uh, international company that was um, hired basically to do mineral surveying for the Boulder Batholith area in that region. Basically, after the site started catching on in the public eye and getting some notoriety. So next thing you know, you've got black helicopters showing up. And this company, by the way, is also has a history of destroying ancient sites. If you look into them, they have destroyed hundreds of ancient sites over in Australia um, and uh, destroyed one of the uh, caves over there, the uh, Jukon Gorge, uh, that showed evidence of human habitation dating back 40,000 years, I believe. And uh, they blew it up. And... Um, yeah, dynamited it and uh, a bunch of other sites out there in Australia. So they have, it's really interesting that they're the ones that were just selected to come out and do this mineral surveying. And now they've got black helicopters flying over the property. Whoa. But I think what we're working with, at least as far as the Sage Wall is, um, if that is man-made, we're looking at something that's so incredibly old that it's also, excuse me. Bless you. It's also showing a level of uh, erosion and weathering over it thousands of years yeah. um so you have you know because obviously one thing that a lot of people point out is that there are lines there are breaks that are going down from top to bottom on the wall which obviously no one would do if you were building a wall that would possibly you know uh make it pretty unstable without these overlapping joints and stuff and stones but I think what we're looking at there is that those 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 breaks are clearly cracks and breaks. And so I think we have a level of influence. First of all, if it's man-made, which we're trying to establish by doing all this work, and we're going back out there again this year and doing more scientific work, I think we're going to try to get the LIDAR done and stuff like that. Um, we can also show uh, in the video that I have out the, the lab results that we've gotten back from the um, geologists uh, that we've sent the stone samples off to the wall is also magnetic um so you can put a, you can put a That's magnet on it and the magnet sticks to the wall so it has an incredibly high level of magnetism um the uh but those breaks and stuff i think i think what we're looking at if the wall is man-made it's so incredibly old that it has a um it's showing an extreme amount of weathering and erosion on it as well so you have both things going on yeah if the wall is is natural um it's certainly unique and i think we'll be contributing better in our findings to a lot of the information on the boulder batholith region and what's possible out there um you know um 
with the findings that, that we're getting. But uh, it'll be interesting once we're able to get some LIDAR done. We've done some 3D imaging, uh, the ground penetrating radar and the lab results. I break that all down in the video, as well as the stuff that's going on with that mining company, Rio Tinto. And uh, it's 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 a really interesting mystery Sage Wall is out there. Um, and I know there's a lot of other sites, but that's been the one that I focused on because it's not on government land, which all the other sites are. So there's an there's an extra level of like ability for us to to kind of do these tests and research right. and get cool. So, so yeah. cool. That's awesome, man. We got to get out there. I would love get out to a lot it's of there. So yeah. It felt very comparable to walking up that first time that I mentioned earlier when I walked up on Saksa Iman. Mm-hmm. Um, very comparable. It's massive. It's way bigger than it looks on camera. Um, and it's it it's just it's it's much, much more impressive in person. So if you guys do get a chance to go over there, give me a heads up first and I'll let Chris know you're coming. I'm sure he'd love cool. to have you guys. That would be awesome. yeah. amazing. Yeah. And I've never yeah, been to Montana. Great. I've always wanted to explore Montana. We went to Mikoshika. Yeah. yeah, we went to cool. Mikoshika and I know it's camped incredible. and saw some like natural fossils that are just like right in the trail. They just mark a little flag and you're like, oh, there's a fossil. That's, That's wild. wild. Yeah. <laughs> it's just nuts, man. Like and we that, saw somebody you know, driving Clovis. cattle across the road one day. The farmer, he's like, hey, slow down. I got cowboys up here. They're moving my herd across <laughs> the field. Like, what? Next thing you know, he's just there's all of his cattle just moving across the road. Like, one field to the next. It was just like Montana. still real, real life happening out there. You know, right? Exactly. Real life. Yeah. Uh, if you guys do go again, let me know. Um, I'll give you the great coordinates to all those different sites. And um, I plan on releasing a video pretty soon on the um, all these different sites that show the exact GPS locations, how to get there, and uh, see all of these different spots for yourself in Montana, <clears throat> so people can go do it for cool. themselves. Awesome. All of these sites, except for the Sage Wall, are on um, BLM land. Okay. So, uh, land management up there. Yep. So, you can actually just go into these parks and you can walk up and see them for yourself. Yep. And where do you usually fly into? Or do you just drive? I know you're... Bozeman? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's only, you know, far as Sage Wall, um, it's only about, if I remember correctly, maybe an hour or so to that general area. Mm-hmm. And uh, Giants Playground and stuff like that. Um, it's all they're all kind of in the same area, so it's pretty easy to get to. Yeah, there you go, guys. Go check out Michael's video, yeah, Wandering Wolf Productions on Sage Wall and all of his other videos. Man, this has been awesome. Thank you so, so, so much for doing this. So happy we connected too, because I think uh, you know we've got a lot of overlap and interest. So um, absolutely, I'm glad Will Will brought you up, and I know you've really inspired the work that he's doing uh, as well. So you know, keep at it, man. Uh, I mean, this has been an awesome episode. We, yeah. we'd love to give you the floor. Let us know where we can find you, connect with you. Um, if you got anything coming up that you want to promote, uh, please do. The floor is yours. Leave us with some final wisdom. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, final wisdom. I would just say, keep asking questions. I think um, you can be a participate a participant in this um, um, this bigger picture conversation and, and discussion. You don't have to feel. Um, I think for anybody out there that um, you know that you have to take a seat in the back. I think anybody can go out, do a hike, take some pictures, 
share it with them, you know, get into, get into a community, talk to people, make some friends online, whether it's Twitter or wherever else or whatever. And, um, I can't tell you how many pictures people send me an email to me where I'm like, you know, a lot of them, maybe no, but uh, uh, some of them absolutely. Um, I want to go see and check out people are doing good work and everybody has a camera now. So you can be a part of the, uh, the overall process, even if you're not going to do a whole channel yourself, put it into somebody's hands who will go out and uh, document it really well, put it on the radar, make a post about it. You can sure, certainly share a picture. So I think just keep asking questions. I encourage people to do that. Try to think for yourself, come up with your own ideas. I think everybody has something amazing that they can contribute. As far as the channel, um, we've had a lot of growth recently, a lot of exciting stuff. I think we'll be leading um, a trip, uh, maybe around October, hopefully hoping to release the details of that soon. So if you wanted to travel with me and, and, and maybe, um, some other influencers, you can do that. Just keep an eye out. Um, I release new videos every week on my channel. Twitter's my main platform. So if you want to, um, see what I'm really doing in real time, follow me on Twitter. I'll be dropping stuff like that over the next several weeks as I'm making my way all throughout Peru and hoping to expand on that idea of the, um, um, the unknown reason for the band of holes out there in comparison to the agricultural techniques that we're even using now in, in modern day. I got a book coming out. Um, Dang, man. There's all sorts of stuff going on. So, yeah, you know, yeah. tune in. It's a fun, it'd be a fun time and, and really good time to kind of tune in to, to what the channel's doing because there's a bunch of stuff on the way. You're a busy bee. He's killing it. I'm telling I you. I love it. I love it. Mike, yeah. it. Keep the fire stoked and roaring. Yep. I love it. Yep. Keep <laughs> at it, man. Doing great things. Love the. You- Gives me the runner high contact buzz. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but you know, it was wonderful being on with you guys. You guys are awesome. And you have a an avid fan and supporter in me. And uh, I, I'm really grateful for, for being able to spend the time with you guys tonight. Oh, oh thank you so much. Much love, much love, Michael. Appreciate that. We yeah. really appreciate it. Uh, don't go anywhere. We're going to come right back and give you a proper goodbye. We'll close out the show and uh, do a quick outro, but uh, we'll come back and, and say goodbye. Michael, everybody, Wandering Wolf Productions, awesome. That was amazing. And blown. <laughs> it's a good point, though. And like, I left you in the dark on this one. On purpose. it's a good point, though. Like what yeah. he's saying, like between him and Will and everybody and Graham and yeah. you know. No, it's. I mean, if we sit and wait. We're never going to get truth. an answer. Find your own yeah. truth. We sit and wait. We're never getting an answer. Be open minded. You know, it's ask questions. And the truth doesn't mind being questioned. No, it shouldn't. That's the whole thing. thing. If it's if I walk up to you and say I feel like this or feel like that, you should be able to like you're an idiot, and here's why, and you give me that answer. Yeah, that's why there's certain ones where people are very ardent about it, where they're like they dig in. It doesn't make sense. They dig in real hard. That's where you have to work really hard to unconvince somebody, and that's when you start to go, "There's something wrong here." When they really dig in hard, that's where I scratch my head and go, "Why are they trying so hard? Why why is this such a big deal?" And they're really going after whoever it is. That hard, like they have the full force of the academic world behind them. They're it's writing a, articles, it's a story, and and spreading all of these things about whether it's, it's Graham Hancock or whoever it is. You know, if they're going up against the Egyptologist elite, you know, they use the media in, in way to discredit you. But but it's history. This is academia, right? But we're math doing is dirty two plus two now. is four. We're doing history dirty. is maybe it's real, maybe it's not. Project Mockingbird type stuff in the media with historical institutions. Who knows? Who knows? 
We can't do this anymore. I get too fired up. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta send this guy. We gotta put this baby to bed, bro. I'm gonna have a heart attack. Uh, <laughs> Am I wrong? No, you just crack me up because you're like, I, I get mad. Your, I can see your blood oh, pressure I get, rising. I get my, I start doing this with my hair. I'm like, <laughs> Mikey's talking about Ohio history connection yeah. again. Bell. Yeah. Okay. Guys, you rule. Uh, you can find us on At The Strange Road on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, right. right here on YouTube. Hit that like button. Come Subscribe, check it out. Hit the notification button. Come check us out. Go check Michael out. We're going to be at Frogman Frog Fest. Frogman Fest. March 2nd. Come to the booth. Be Bubble there. talk your ear off. I'm going to be there. It's going to be a great time. Our friends Jeffrey Wilson we'll and swag. James Willis and a whole lot of other people are going to be there. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have some... You know, a, a brand new merch booth set up. Our first one. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully we can put something together that's that's dope and looks sweet. We'll um, try our best. That's one of the projects that we're doing right now. So we're gonna try our best. It's been fun. I uh, think our merch is sweet. But you guys rule. Thank you all so so very much. Later, everybody. Peace, love, and chicken grease. We are out. Bye bye, y'all. <laughs>